Hello, everybody. This is uh, Andy LeBeau with Commodity Research Group. And today I'm joined by Marty Stetzer, the uh, president of EKT Interactive, and Ed Meir, one of my partners with uh, Commodity Research Group. Ed was recently voted the number one base metals analyst by uh, Metals Bulletin. And uh, it's really great that, that he could join us for uh, the, this weekly podcast. Ed just returned from London yesterday, actually, and he's got some thoughts on uh, Brexit. He also has some thoughts on uh, global macro, including what's going on with the uh, Chinese trade talks. So uh, we've got uh, an interesting report from uh, Ed Meir, and Ed is going to kick it off, for, is going to kick the podcast off right now. Ed? Thank you, Andy. And hi, Marty. Uh, greetings to all your listeners as well. Hi, Ed. Nice to have you on the uh, podcast again. I want to hear, hear all your stories from <laughs> across the pond, as they used to say. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll make it uh, short so we could uh, talk oil later. But uh, interesting uh, visit I had. Uh, I went to London just for a couple of days on, for some meetings. And just like in the States where attention is fixated on the White House and President Trump. There, everybody uh, only talks about Brexit. It's, it's really quite remarkable. You even, uh, I was even on the street walking to the office and two people were talking about, one of them was selling their house and the deal fell through because the buyer said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm getting cold feet. I don't know what will happen next month, so I'm going to pull out. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, they're really lost over there. And the few days that I was there, 11 members of parliament resigned from each of the two parties on a combined basis. So they, they are struggling to make sense as to what to do next. And I think the markets are uh, kind of resolved to, to this thing dragging on for a little while longer. Uh, this afternoon, I read that Prime Minister May has made some progress with the EU in terms of reaching some sort of an agreement, but I think there's just not enough time now to kind of wrap things up in the next five, six weeks. So the odds are that they'll get some sort of a postponement. And, you know, if you look at sterling, it, it hasn't really been doing much. In fact, if anything, it's gone up the last couple of days. So I, I, I don't think uh, the markets are as preoccupied with Brexit as, as the people are. Let, let's put it that way. Moving on to trade, you mentioned, uh, Andy mentioned earlier about what's going on with the trade dogs. Well, your listeners know that we are in the throes of negotiations with the Chinese. They're in D.C. this week. I think high-level high level negotiators will be joining the talks today and tomorrow. Uh, this morning, I read on Reuters, uh, there was an exclusive report saying that the two sides have, in fact, made quite a bit of progress, and they've reached a what's called memorandum of understanding on six key issues, which includes, uh, subs uh, uh, um, here it is, here's the list here, technology transfer issues, cyber, uh, cyber theft, intellectual property rights, service industry entry, and a couple of other things which I don't recall. But they apparently have 
agreed to define the issue, the problems that they want to go after, the sticking point is enforcement and monitoring. You know, how do you make sure that China is going to adhere to what they've pledged to do? And that, that I think, is going to be really tricky. But I think the markets have been discounting some sort of an agreement for some time now. In fact, you could make the case that over the last month, prices in equities, commodities have all gone up in anticipation of some sort of an accord. And I think both sides need at least a kind of a cosmetic deal to present to their respective constituents or else, you know, they're going to have problems uh, domestically. So that's what I see this week. Uh, In terms of metals, you know, we're starting to move up as well. Not in all the metals, in selective metals. Copper had a nice move this week. Again, mainly on the back of of these trade uh, negotiations and some cutbacks announced by Glencore. Uh, But the other metals haven't uh, really participated. And in the precious metal space, apart from today's minor sell-off, gold, silver, platinum are all moving up. And palladium, which we, I think, talked about last time, is just going bananas. It's... uh, it's, uh, it got to about $1,500 an ounce uh, two days ago before retracing a bit. So qu- uh, quite a bit of action, but I think we're kind of waiting for all these shoes to drop. Interesting. With that, I will uh, turn it over to you or to Andy. Ed, can I ask you a question sure. before we turn it over? Sure. The, the uh, journal had a huge article, I'm sure you saw, on the, the uh, lithium market. That it's him, yeah. way oversupplied, right? Right. The thing, uh, Marty, with all these metals, you know, cobalt, lithium, nickel, these are all kind of the sexy metals in the electric vehicle story. They've all, they all went very, uh, um, uh, they all rose very sharply higher over the last year or two, but they have really crashed over the last six to eight months cobalt in particular. In fact, Glencore reported in its earnings that the, that the earnings were impacted by the collapse in cobalt prices. Basically, what's happening is we have too much supply of, of all this stuff near term, and the electric vehicle demand isn't materializing as quickly. It's there, it's growing, but it's not here right now. So it's, it's three years down the road, five years down the road. In the meantime, all these mines are ramping up. So you have a glut of some of these metals while, while we're waiting for this demand to pick up. So that's really what's going on. You know, it was interesting because in parallel with that article, one of the commodities that's really important in the oil patch is frac sand. Mm-hmm. Most of it comes out of Wyoming, but they're like almost exactly the same situation. New mines were brought on as the fracking boom continued to look like it was going to happen. And then, right. of course, it slowed down. But the thing that's interesting to me is Fraxin is measured in dollars a ton, where your precious metals are in dollars an ounce or right. dollars a pound, and, and it's uh, in the range of 20 to $30 a ton, yet has almost the same kind of impact on the operating cost of a frac well as some of the metals do on the operating cost of a refinery, like we talked last time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Good to be with you. And I'll turn it over to Andy LeBeau. Good. Okay. Thanks a lot, Ed. Marty? I think, as usual, let, let's do just a quick, a quick wrap-up of, of the uh, weekly 
petroleum status report, and then we'll we'll I get we'll we'll quickly also talk about uh, what's going on in the in the oil market. First off, I thought the numbers were they they were neutral. Crude stocks built by three point seven million. This is the sixth build in a row. We're we're still I'd say for crude we're we're at average levels. As a matter of fact, if you look at uh, this week's crude number, it's 454 million barrels. That's relative to a four-year average of, of 454 million. So we're right there. Uh, and day supply, we're one day be- below the four-year average. So I, I think we look at, at crude as uh, neutral. However, uh, the, one, the one headline number in crude is, is what's going on in Cushing. Cushing stocks built by 3.4 million barrels to 45 million as uh, Cushing begins to, uh, begins to fill up. And as a result of the Cushing build, we're seeing the spreads really blow out in the front. Month one to month two is 50 cents. Month two to month three is, is 50 cents uh, contango. And uh, as, we, as we're in turnarounds, uh, it looks as though Cushing stocks are going to continue to build and there's going to be pressure pressure on these spreads, which uh, obviously is, is a negative factor uh, for the market. Gasoline stocks, uh, I had been very worried about gasoline stocks, um, say, three or four weeks ago. They seem to have, the build seemed to have, have stabilized. In fact, this week we drew, and uh, we're right around average on uh, day supply for uh, gasoline, which I, I think is, uh, you know, overall, is one can say is it's neutral or maybe even constructive because gasoline was was a look like it could be a real problem. Diesel still looks uh, still looks good and has for months. Uh, it drew 1.5 million day supply or 33 million versus a four-year average of uh, 37 and a half. So uh, diesel still looking still looks constructive. And total inventories, uh, we're below the four-year average on uh, day supply at 61 versus uh, 63. So if you look in total, you know, I, I think these numbers, again, they're neutral relative to expectations and maybe also neutral relative to, the, um, to where they should be on, on a supply-demand basis. And the one thing, of course, that, that's bearish is, uh, is Cushing. The other big headline news was that were exports. I think it was a record this week at 3.6 million barrels a day of uh, crude exports, and, we're, and so that also in the one number, Marty, that that is a important because at least we know the capacity to export is 3.6. So you know we're going to need, given the fact that production is is going to surge this year. Uh, we're going to need um, we're going to need to export most of that growth in uh, production. So at least we know we can get 3.6 out. And there's at least two other port expansions along the Texas Gulf Coast to increase that number. How fast they're going to come on, Andy? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 19. You know, right. maybe it, maybe it's toy, but it is it is a big deal. Because as, uh, as I just said, as production grows, uh, we need outlets for, for, our, uh, for our barrels. Correct. And just looking at, uh, just looking at, at the petroleum market, 
crude in particular has, we broke through the, uh, during last week, we broke through an important resistance number of 55 and got up to uh, 57. Uh, the OPEC cuts are, be, are beginning to uh, have an effect on, uh, on the markets, and I think they will continue to. Uh, OPEC production is uh, down at least a million and a half and probably will go further. Uh, and we're looking ahead. We're still the Libya, Libya situation not resolved. Uh, Iranian sanctions not resolved. Nigeria has a big election coming up. And the Delta Avengers have said that uh, if the election doesn't go their way, uh, they could attack uh, some of the facilities in, in the south. So, you know, that's something to watch. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Venezuelan situation also, uh, also not resolved. Interesting. But seems like a lot of that has moved off the front page of the papers. You know, I haven't seen much about Venezuela over the past week or so. No, it, 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 it's, uh, it's moved off the front pages, but it, it's still, um, as, as we know, you know it, it, it's still unfolding. Uh, the, the Venezuelans are, are still trying to uh, find a home for their, their barrels. Um, you know, they've been talking to uh, India, uh, Russia too, uh, and, and China to, to try to place their uh, half a million barrels a day that, that's been cut off from the uh, cutoff from the U.S. And China, they owe China a lot of money. I, I've read that they're going to take the crude oil back as part of the repayment of the debt. Correct. They, they, already, they already are selling them. I think it's uh, 250 to 300 maybe uh, in, as repayment to the debt. It may be less than that, but, you know, that's going to continue. Maybe they'll be able to, uh, maybe they'll be able to, uh, to increase it. U.S. refiners are, are in the process of, uh, again, of trying to figure out uh, how to replace that, uh, that heavy crude loss from, loss from Venezuela. The, the other, uh, I think, besides the OPEC, uh, OPEC production cuts, Canadian production cuts still, you know, still in place, and uh, we're waiting for Russia to uh, reduce production. I think that you know that that's going to. They said it's going to be late first quarter, early uh, early second quarter. But the market seems to be pretty well supported here, uh, as Ed was just mentioning. You know, key factor ha has been the unease of uh, going along with the, with the possibility of um, you know these Chinese trade talks unraveling. But you know, as long as they're on somewhat of a steady steady move, you know, I, I think that'll help the, the undertone to the, to the market. And, uh, you know, just looking at, at the supply-demand balances, I think first quarter we're going to be, we're getting into balance and second quarter looks deficit. So, um, you know, I, I think the market we were talking, we've been talking uh, about um, our belief that uh, prices could reach 58 to 60 in the uh, first quarter or, you know, somewhere in the first, late first quarter, early second quarter. And, uh, you know, that, that, we're not that far away right now. I, I think, you know, exactly. that's going to that, exactly. be, I think that's going to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good prediction. Speaking of predictions, uh, the folks are starting to talk about Saudi Arabia 
targeting an eighty dollar a barrel number, Andy? Is that kind of what's they, going they, around? Yeah, they've they've thrown out the uh, the eighty dollar number. I think that's uh, I think that's going to be pretty wishful thinking, but certainly their um, yeah, certainly their production has, uh, as we mentioned, is down a million a million and a half from October, you know, from the October highs. So from the October highs and uh you know they're they definitely want to see the market higher i don't i don't know if they'll get to i don't think they're going to get to uh 80 because non-opec production is still set to uh is still set to increase and that makes the shale uh, even more attractive Can yeah easy to turn on it's going to be a balancing act isn't it as these prices move up Right, as usual, it is. It is going to be a. Uh, it is going to be a balancing act, and you know we'll 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 see how you know whether or not the U.S. is going to make what the EIA is now predicting to be a growth of uh, total liquids of two million barrels a day, or similar to what it was last year. That's crude and uh, and NGLs combined. You know the the rig count has come off just a little bit. But uh, in the last uh, drilling report, uh, it, it looked as though the EIA is predicting about a 90,000 barrel a day growth in, uh, in shale production. Right. I think that, I think we've covered a lot in, in, in a short space of time. In a, in a, in a short space of time. Before we, uh, before we hooked up our listeners, we were talking about the uh, the crude problem that uh, Saudi Arabia had with one right. of the fields. Why don't you sp- right. spend another minute or two on that? Yeah, um, the, in the Safania field, which is uh, one, of, I believe it it is the largest offshore uh, oil field. They had a uh, they had an accident involving a, a, a vessel which has taken production down. And the, and Marty, that produces heavy crude, I believe. It does. It does. Right. Which is uh, probably the worst possible time that we could lose that heavy crude, since we've, you know, pretty much lost the, the Venezuelan crude for, or at least half a million barrels a day of it. So that that's definitely tightened up, you know, the sour barrel, and we're seeing that in all the in many of the uh, spreads. So it's really in demand. Or the, you know, everybody wants medium sour, you know, to to run for uh, to run for diesel, but the heavies too. Uh, are are in uh, are in pretty, you know, they're in demand as well. But uh, those medium sours are all, are also uh, gold. Mars is going, you know, Mars offshore. Mars is going bananas uh, on on the upside, and uh, Dubai crude is uh, trading like only forty cents under Brent. Uh, oh. Urals is really strong. So all, all these medium sours are, uh, you know, are are, are you know, real, really in demand as is the uh, as is the heavies. Now the Saudis say they'll they'll be getting that back up in the first couple of weeks in March. It's not only one of the biggest fields; it's one of their biggest production fields. I understand too, producing over a million or so barrels a day. Right. So there will be a lot of focus on getting that back online as quickly as possible. No, you, you could say that again. <laughs> That's, yeah. 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 And uh, you know, as I said, I think it's it's uh, I think it's early March. Well, thanks, Andy. Well, th- thank you, Marty, and uh, thanks to uh, Edmir today. If you want to get a hold of uh, Commodity Research Group, please go on 
check our website out, uh, commodityresearchgroup.com, and you can reach me at alebeau at commodityresearchgroup.com. You can reach Ed at edmeer at commodityresearchgroup.com. And Marty? And you can reach uh, us at www.ektinteractive.com. If you're relatively new to the industry and would like to understand the difference between a medium sour and a light sweet crude, we have a series of training courses, especially the ones on downstream and refining, that address those types of issues. We'd love to have you take a look at our website. You can get three of the courses for free, upstream, midstream, and downstream. And Andy, thanks for the opportunity to participate. Okay, thank you, Marty.